Start your own radio show now and join our amazing radio family of fun and interesting talent. Be the radio star you've always wanted to be. Visit latalkradio.com or email info at latalkradio.com now and start your own show today. Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to L.A. Talk Radio. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. I'm a licensed clinical social worker practicing as an intuitive psychotherapist. Find me online through my website, nolatherapy.com. It's the abbreviation for New Orleans Los Angeles Therapy. There, you can schedule sessions. You can access archived episodes of this show to listen to. I'd love for you to subscribe via iTunes, Google Play, or YouTube. And if you're so inclined to support this show, there is a link to my Patreon campaign to do so per month, which I would greatly appreciate. My guest today is a really interesting guest. In moments, I'm going to bring Corey Folsom on. He previously in his life was a vision quest guide and recovery counselor, and now he is a tantra relationship coach. So we're going to talk to him about intimate connection, sacred sexuality, and tantra as a deeper expression of one's divine self. Corey, welcome, and thank you for being with us today. Glad to be here, Lisa. How are you? I am wonderful, thanks. Awesome. You know, I'm really looking forward to talking to you because in preparation, I've been speaking with friends and clients and a lot of us, um, you know, don't really understand or know what Tantra is. So wherever you would like to begin, and at some point I'd like to know more about a working definition, please. Okay, very good. (laughs) Well, you know, there, Tantra has many forms. There's uh, traditional practices from, you know, the Far East, and, you know, there's breath work and Kundalini experiences and, uh, and aesthetics and, you know, Tantric hermits. And the way it's been kind of evolved in the Western experience is, um, is more... Um, uh, meditative in that um, we're bringing meditation into a moving experience of, um, you know, being with a beloved. Uh, and I take more of a middle approach, which is, you know, um, sex isn't tantric, tantra isn't sex, but tantra being an, uh, an awareness uh, of, of, being in the moment and being really present. Mm-hmm. And so whatever we bring that awareness and that attention, um, ultimately in the present moment, we can live more contractly. So in other words, it's, it's 
being really present, uh, nowhere to go, nothing to do, just an acceptance of each moment as it is. Okay. So almost, would you, would you say it, it's a, a mindfulness practice or an, or an aspect of that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, that's really. But, but it's not a sitting, um, you know, mindfulness where you're, you're trying to empty your mind. You know, in, in Tantra, they have a lot of practices moving energy around your body. So you're, you're taking maybe a place where you have a church like in your heart and you're flooding the rest of your system with that energy. So kind of a, an internal energy bath, so to speak. You know, I just did a, a tantric meditation before calling you to begin our show to just have an experience, something that I found, and it was moving energy through the breath. It was a different type of meditation than what I traditionally do, but I, I felt a movement inside as we went through, as I was guided to go through the different energy systems with a ball of light. So I had a, a small experience of that. Can you talk to us how you work with your clients that, that come to you? Sure. Uh, well, basically, we I start wherever they are. So I have to find out about them, you know, what they're um, used to in terms of moving energy in their body, um, what they want to experience. And so, um, you know, they usually come to me because there's a gap between where they are and where they want to be. And so uh, I can help bring them along and that path. And so, and basically any kind of, you know, uh, energy work as, as we were just describing starts with solo practice. Okay. So using the breath and energy will follow the breath and, you know, learning to uh, have a sensitivity to our own body's energy and expanding and moving that energy uh, within our within ourselves, and so uh, I tend to give a lot of solo practices, and um, and I also coach people with with insight as far as masculine feminine dynamics because that all you know comes into play. Yes, the male and female energies, Shiva and Shakti, is that. And again, please correct me, expand on anything. I'm not pretending to be an expert on what you do. That's why I'm so excited to talk to you because I'm going to learn a lot today. So I'm just going to throw out Great. some things and how, whatever direction you want to go in with them, I welcome that. Okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shiva and Shakti are lovely names for the masculine and feminine essences, energies, and we each have uh, both within us, you know, the masculine and feminine is really um, just a way of teasing apart aspects of our soul and our being so that we can talk about them and understand them. But it's, it's all kind of revolves together. And so um, typically we, you know, we say, oh, that person is masculine. Um, but it, what it means is that they're, for me, in, in, thinking they're they're identified they're um that's the way they want to they present and mm. feel is a a masculine centeredness uh and they have maybe have a masculine body to match or not 
um, or, you know, the, sh- the Shakti, the flowing, um, kind of open-ended that can incorporate a lot of uh, input from a lot of different um, places at once, you know, that, that feminine, um, expansive, flowing light. And then we have the Shiva, you know, that single-purposed, um, you know, more more project-oriented, if you will, uh, versus the Shakti more um, process-oriented. So I'm I'm thinking, you know, the principles of giving versus receiving, the yin and the yang, and the mirroring of those energies. This sounds very similar. Yeah, yeah, and so you know, we all we all need both. Like, for instance, um, a woman when she needs to uh, accomplish something. Um, like driving a car, <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. that's, um, you know, she needs to focus on the road and the operating the vehicle. That's, um, that's embodying some masculine qualities that are, you know, innate to her being. Um, and, and so, you know, we each call on, you know, these parts of ourselves as needed. Yes. So I know mm-hmm. you, you facilitate workshops deepening into intimacy, topics around the sacred relationship, deep sex. I know listeners are curious, you know, hearing Tantra in, in the terms of sexual relationship. Can you talk about Tantra and sex and is it all sex? And what role does physical intimacy play in the experience of Tantra? Okay, certainly. So I view um, pleasure as an entry or an access portal to, um, to depth, to presence, you know, there's, there's nothing like, um, being with another person and, um, and that attraction to develop, um, um, to bring oneself into the present moment. Like this is exciting. It's attractive. I want to be here. So that draws our attention you know, to the interaction, to this moment. And so in, uh, and, and so that attraction allows us to deepen our attention into the moment, um, you know, we're making life a good place to be. And so with, with Tantra, we, you can think of, um, it as, energy energy sex versus maybe mechanical sex and so we're thinking about energy versus friction or or technique uh and so we're and if we've done our we if we've worked with solo practices we're building our capacity for breath which builds our capacity for pleasure which builds our capacity to move pleasure through our bodies to expand. So we're not just experiencing, we'll say sex in a, you know, um, plate sized area of our bodies, but we can expand that arousal and that, that glittering vibrating, uh, energy in our whole body. And And I think that go on, go on. No, you first. Okay, so I was just going to add to that by saying one of the 
um, practices for the man in uh, tantric sex is to not be so focused on orgasm or ejaculation or, uh, but not because, you know, you don't want to create a finish line necessarily. Right. You're, you're, you're just there without the time pressure and you're allowing your partner to expand their own pleasure enjoyment horizons. And so why would I want to all of a sudden stop that and short circuit it? I want to be there for that greater uh, experience. And, and continue it, know. it sounds like. Yeah. I'm and just so for the, Right. So what, what happens for the woman is she's able to then feel, wow, he's not here just to, to you know, to get to the goalpost, but he's here to just connect with me and enjoy, you know, the connection. And, and that's a beautiful thing. And so sometimes we say, you know, uh, or we think to ourselves in tantric sex, how deep can I glow and how slow can I go? Oh, I and like And just that. follow the energy. And yeah, and follow the energy. And that doesn't mean we're just slowing down so that you can't even see what's happening, but we, we slow down so we build sensitivity for how our partner's feeling in the moment and how our own energy is flowing. And we can just explore that versus just um, act. You know, I think this show today with you is so important because in our culture, there's so much experience with disconnective sex, with sex as Mm -hmm. just a physical act, you know, go out, meet someone, hook up and have a series of those types of experiences that really are, are don't that they truly lack intimacy and connection. And in my experience of working with individuals, this kind of connective sex and intimacy can be very scary for people. And I wonder if you found that in your work and how you might help clients move through that fear of really being seen by their partner and for the single person, how they might prepare to engage in a relationship of this kind of connection. Yeah. um, One of my um, really go-to practices when uh, tension you know, someone starts feeling contracted or fearful is to practice keeping your body soft. Mm. And, um, and so to, to have that mindfulness of, you know what, I'm going to soften my belly. I'm going to breathe into my belly. I'm going to relax my jaw and, and just um, find that you know, that place inside of you where everything is really okay, that, that emotional home. And, and for a lot of us, you know, tension, you know, or some form of it can become our emotional home. And so we want to maybe change, change our zip code and, and I like that. Yeah. Thank you. Make the default more of a, you know what, I'm going to relax. I'm going to be present for me and I'm going to stay soft and then you're you're better able to communicate, you know, with your partner from a you know non non criticizing place of and making it about yourself. So, um, you know, drawing on you know nonviolent communication, we would ideally speak from I, meaning you know what I'm feeling this right now versus you're doing something I don't like. Oh, I like that. So taking ownership and just sharing that in a way that doesn't promote 
defensiveness in the other person, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. How, yeah. how did you and, find, and so, after, after you finish? Okay, so I was also going to say that um, we also think of tantric practice as a process of finding the beloved that dwells in your own heart. Mm. And then secondarily, the beloved that comes to you or is in front of you. So, so through the, the tantric practices, we're really connecting with our own heart and the, the truth that lives there. Um, I, I'm very fond of, of saying that if you want to find truth, find your body and listen oh. to your body. You know, because yes. that's, that's won't lie to you. You know, you know, your nervous system, they, you know, is probably as intelligent as your brain, if not more intelligent. Yeah, the body has natural intelligence and is constantly communicating with us if we tune into mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. I recently heard Gene Houston talk about the similar topic of finding the beloved uh, that dwells within oneself and that greater beloved, you know, that's a, an aspect of us, um, mm-hmm. before we can find that in partnership, even just connecting to that, that part in a spiritual mm-hmm. and energetic sense. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, and, and so, uh, my teacher, Charles Muir, you know, he calls it the art of conscious loving mm-hmm. and, and so conscious loving uses the same quote parts as sex but it involves so much more. And, and so sexual love making, you know, is a learned skill and, you know, but where are we supposed to learn it? Right. Right. (laughs) Where are we supposed to be trained to, you know, to make love as an art form, to be a master lover, um, you you know, and, and uh, it's just a, a pretty much a lack of, of good ways to, to learn about this or good places. I mean, we, we watch our parents interact as man and woman and, you know, not necessarily in the bedroom, but just in daily life, we watch them and we learn about, you know, the dynamics and, and um, it isn't always the dynamic we want to uh, emulate. So how can individuals learn to, to be a lover in these more expansive ways than what we have learned from our families and our culture and, and media. Yeah. Well, I, I think partly it starts with an acceptance of your, your entire body as a gift from the creator. And so if we, uh, it's easy for us to, to think, well, you know, my, the creator created my heart created my brain. I'm proud of these things. I use, they're very useful and important. Um, But if we accept that, if we believe that, which I think is right, well, then shouldn't we also believe that the creator gave us our genitals and our toes and, and our face and, you know, and it, and so it all, I think is worthy of reverence and we can also, uh, believe that sex can be a form of prayer yeah and um we can we can use it as a way to charge up our our energy versus you know um exert and discharge and so if we build up our energy our creative force 
then we can bring that into everything else we do. We can, you know, exude this power and happiness into all of our contacts with, with people. And um, so, you know, you, we can think of it as, you know, that say the sex as prayer as as visiting the deep well or wellspring of love to be recharged and to, you know, move into the rest of our life just feeling more powerful and alive. I, I agree. And connecting with creativity and just that fire, that fire of creativity for myself, as I, as I get older and, and look back on relationships, I've had sexual relationships. I've had both in and out of the context of a relationship. I've come to believe how it is a sacred energy exchange. And just, I've become mindful of, you know, wanting to channel that with a, a you know, in a sake in the sacred context of a relationship that is loving and a container to grow with a person and facilitate that in them and and her with me. And so, when when clients come to you, and and often I think that what you're talking about would be really helpful in healing of abuse and traumas. And how might you work with clients that come to you that have that do have wounds, sexual wounds from pr- previous traumas? Sure. Well, and that's almost everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. And so, you know, the traumas have affected us and we can also let experiences of great beauty affect us. And so, um, I, I think that there's a, just that concept alone can be really transformative to say, you know what, I'm going to open to this moment in in appreciation and, and appreciation for the gifts of my body, of of if there's someone in, in front of me engaging with me for the, the gift of it all and just um, let that beautiful experience, you know, touch our hearts. And and the the more we can bring consciousness and awareness to our touch. The more mm-hmm. we can, I like that. We can we can um, consider our touching as 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 giving versus taking. The more we can ask that of our partners, um, and especially when we're with tantric practice, we really encourage uh, people to touch without that expectation of well, this naturally will turn into um, sex. Yes. And so we can, and I think a lot of people don't in relationship don't touch because they're not up for more. And so they don't want to start something. They're not really into finishing. And so then they don't touch. Well, and I think it's much better to be free with your, um, with what's true and, and your affection. And there's having an understanding with the partner that, you know, this experience, this expression is just a standalone expression. It doesn't mean, oh, I'm, I'm aroused or I'm interested. It just is, you know, it's just affection. And if you're up for more, you can ask. And if you're not up for more, you can say. And so that I call it non-obligatory touch. And so I think it's a beautiful thing when one partner can say, you know what, can we just lie on the bed and you hold me for a while? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that be and not 
not uh and then you can relax and not feel like okay this is going to mean something no it, it it is what it is it's it's its own thing um and so that's a beautiful practice to incorporate in a partnership is just um touching without expectation um and um and you know and not to save um that affection for just before sleep you know, but just you can start your day with love and just say, you know, can we just connect for 30 seconds or a minute or whatever you have, you know, you're, you're feeling and just look in each other's eyes, maybe cup each other's face and just just be or just hold yes. hands and stand there and just, you know what, I appreciate you. I really, really like you or whatever is true. You just say it. And um, that's a beautiful practice to incorporate, too. Um, and you know, the, the, we, we talk a lot in therapy about the wounded inner child Yeah, and, and that's very real. And what is also there is the pre-wounded inner child before any of that trauma happened. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. And so with, um, you know, tantric ritual, with healing touch, we can, we can go back before the wounding and, and give healing and power, empowerment to the pre-wounded child to then... Um, connect to her or him and and have that valid and true to your soul as anything else. That's beautiful, Corey. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Is that done through a meditation or how do you lead people through that um, practice? Yeah, I would I would lead someone through a meditation just to have them lower their eyes and remember, remember a time and, and, um, feel that, that say, we'll say pre-wounded inner child, feel where that person, uh, occupies, what, what part of your body feels something. Um, and, and again, the body holds all of these emotions, like, like, an, um, like we would have a self storage for our, yeah. Stop. Well, our emotions are stored in our bodies, and so if we can find that part of our body where that um, that beautiful young soul lives, we can offer her or him healing in present time. We can take our present time empowerment and love for ourselves and offer that backwards to that to that pre wounded part of us. And, I can feel and, feel that being completely transformative. Yeah, and we can say all the things that he or she would have wanted to hear at that time. And we can we can so we can bring present time love to that wounded or, or pre wounded part of ourselves and offer that. Uh, and we can offer apologies and or release not release like go away, but just it's all okay kind of release and just 
have that dialogue and energetic dialogue. Mm-hmm. And I feel it even relaxing when you spoke earlier about softening the belly, softening tension. I, I feel that practice being just softening in every way for someone to go mm-hmm. back to that pre-wounded mm-hmm. child state and energy and, and call it forth today in the present moment to heal. Yeah, yeah. And so that part of us that was taken, we can allow him or her to be caretaking. Mm-hmm. When you were speaking as well a few moments ago about the non-obligatory touch in, in mm-hmm. between two partners, I think that is so important. And my work with many couples, almost with close to 100% uh, certainty during the course of the couple's work and the heterosexual couples I treat, the the female partner feels really almost fearful at times to initiate any physical touch, though she desperately wants that connection with her partner with mm. the fear that it could or will lead to sex. So I help my clients as well in, in this kind of way that it, please touch, please be physically affectionate and just say what it is you need or want and don't want in the same way that, that you're working with individuals. Because without that touch, a relationship becomes so stale. So helping people learn to be in physical proximity in ways that are comfortable for each person is important. Yeah, yeah. and I, I like to tell people, you know, utilize your partner as a partner. And just mm-hmm. say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to, to accept and uh, our connection I want to I want to go and so would you be willing to partner with me in these new practices or this new practice that I want to incorporate that I think would draw us closer I like that (laughs) (laughs) what do clients say about about the work they do with you Corey what are some of the things so our listeners can know that people experience as, as beneficial yeah um they say that their their experience is um, the, I think the oh if I had to say one thing, the overriding uh, message I hear back is it's more connecting. They feel more connected with their own spirit and with their partner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think I and, think the and, way go on go on and then I'll I'll add no no go ahead it's fine. I was going to say I think what you do with your work is so important and it's why I have more questions that I might normally ask because the, the <laughs> sexual part yeah the sexual part of a relationship is so important and like you said most everyone has some kind of wound or or something that happened throughout our lifespan that was experienced as damaging hurtful at the very least and we bring that to our relationships and sex can be so magical and also so difficult so i think the way you help people is really important to to just know to get out there get the word out sure thank you and you know what one of the great benefits that um people get is when they do experience when they do move into this place of you know i'm i'm making your needs in the bedroom really important and the other person feels the same way 
that if if they can relax and achieve that greater um, flow and and play, expand their pleasure, and so the reward for the other person is is so that me being present when she is lit up and happy is is more pleasurable than anything that person could ever do to me mm, um, physically. Right. And so her, her pleasure is such a huge reward um, that everything else pales. And so if both people have that attitude, it makes for a great time. <laughs> yeah, it would make for a great time. <laughs> And you, and you have to get there by experiencing it. And that's, I, but that's, I think, a natural outcome that I see of when we get to those greater um, um, pleasure, connected pleasure, that that becomes what lights each, each other up. And, yeah. um, you know, there's one, um, one uh, saying that I, I remember from the recovery community, uh, which... Um, I'm going to go backwards just a little bit to what we talked about before, but they say it's easier to act your way into better thinking than to think your way into better acting. It's true. So that's another kind of theme with my work is that the answers are in your center. They're in your body, not in your head. And so if we can develop practices, literal practices to, um, to build connection you know, within our, and uh, work with our breath, work with our, um, with our beloved to actually practice deepening into the moment, deepening into yourself, deepening with each other, our bodies will, will retune, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And, and and it's a great thing. (laughs) And so, you know, um, because in our, Western world, you know, people, my first teacher or second teacher, Charles Muir, always used to say people partner for chemistry. Yeah. But partnership is maintained by intimacy and tantric practice maintains intimacy. So it's, it, people don't, you know, break up because they don't love each other anymore. There's not that intimacy and connection and it doesn't feel good like it used to. So if we have practices that keep the intimacy and connection alive, then that's, yes. that's really great. <laughs> and that's so important for the sustainability of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. How did you find, right. how did you find Tantra? Well, um, your work? through, um, sort of through, um, uh, I had a partner that just said, Hey, this sounds like something fun to do a long time ago, probably in 2001. Mm-hmm. And so we went to an, an absolute Tantra uh, workshop weekend and it was, a, it was really solo practices and okay. it was great. And I still keep up some of those practices today and I liked it a lot. Um, but it didn't like grab me and change my life like in okay. a you know, in an all-encompassing way. And then later, probably 2010, uh, I took another class that was called The Art of Conscious Loving, and that changed me uh, at a DNA level, practically. I mean, I was just, it's, it's, 
just different. And, uh, and you know, um, a different teacher of mine says, we can talk about our wounds or we can be who we really are. And so for me, it wasn't practicing some new way of being. It was stopping practicing, quotation marks, what I had, how I had lived my life up to that point. <laughs> and I could just be more connected to my essence and who I am as a soul. Yeah. I know it sounds all esoteric in general, but that's what I love it. can do for the moment. <laughs> no, I love it. It's like, wow, it sounds like you had a real, uh, what's the, the image is like, boom, like a shift, like woof, like a total different way of living and being in yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so through sacred ritual, through tantric ritual, the me that showed up was the me that I had been waiting for my whole life. And it yes, was because of yes. that's who I really was all along, but I never had the exposure or training to, to, to connect with him. And then you just guide in a recovery counselor. Can you share with us how I've had friends go on vision quest. I have not, I, I know how powerful they are from what has been shared with me, how, how you, developed your practice into the Tantra relationship coaching that you do today and the workshops that you offer? Sure. Um, I've been on, I think, three vision quests in my life. You know, the okay. traditional, you sit yeah. in a 10-foot circle for four days with nothing to eat um, yes. and nothing to write, you know, no campfire, just there's nothing to do. And, and what that does is it's, it's just you and you and God. And... And so maybe we sit there for four days so that our brain thinks of all these inane things, but eventually the brain gets tired and, and slips into screensaver. Mm. And we, we then feel who we really are. And, and so maybe we only have that for a minute and a half. <laughs> out of the four days and that can never be taken away from us because we have a little more piece of who we really are and we have that now and so that's where our power comes from is we know more about ourselves about not just who we are and what we are but why we are and yes. so that's really the goal in in all of it is it's just really um, connecting with our deeper self. Yeah. So you bring this depth to your work that you've done within your own self and now that you're able to help your clients, which is really beautiful. Sure. And, you know, and, and I, I think especially David Data talks about the experience of a man is a lot the experience of forgetting like we, we kind of get it and then we're like, yeah, I'm Shiva. I'm standing in my power and my purpose. And, you know, perhaps, you know, my woman helps me by demanding that presence. And then that's great. And then we forget and we kind of slip back and then we, we waver off and we get worried about this or worried about that or occupied in our mind. And then our woman is on our partner is unhappy and I'm like, whoa, sh you know, my partner's unhappy. Oh, realign. I got it. I'm back. And that's one way it happens. But that process of remembering 
then forgetting, then remembering and realigning with our with ourselves. Yes. That that's the process. So, you know, I could, if I, um, and I'm certainly um, anything but immune to that. Um, you know, and I've, you know, suffered through many an unhappy relationship, mostly mm-hmm. because I forgot you know, who I was for an extended period of time yeah, and, yeah. and struggled to get back. But then once I discovered Tantra, it was like, oh, I had it. And, you know, I, I, um, I never just slipped back into that, you know, completely unconscious uh, state, just trying to do my best or whatever. <laughs> yeah, to stay awake and stay in touch. Right. So, you know, I hear, I hear a lot from the men. I'm a good man. I don't know why I... I suffer with relationship and, um, and you know, that's part of the problem. Good man. You're not, you know, um, you're not just that deep, um, you know, you're good enough. And in, in today's world, yeah. good enough doesn't get you a lot. <laughs> but that's the reality um, I think of us that, you know, mm-hmm. good enough. Yeah. I didn't mean yeah. to interrupt. So you I'm know. personally very yeah. optimistic. Oh, I'm sorry. I was no, going to say I'm very yeah. personally optimistic about the state of the world because I think the world is demanding more of us individually and collectively now than it ever has. And that's our invitation to step up individually and collectively. Um, to me, I don't think there's really a collectively as much as there's a lot of individuals and we each have that, that impetus to step up, to live into a hero's journey, if you will. And, I to, agree. Um, you know, up our game as, as it were. And uh, I think that's being asked of all of us. And I I'm not so just too. talking about politically. I'm just talking about every, every which way <laughs> Yeah, that relationship. Yeah. We put more expectations than we had in the past and that's okay. It's an invitation to step up. It is an invitation to step up and be one's best self, however an individual would define that. Right, right, right. And so I, I, as much as anything, I look at, you know, coaching as, you know, every hero's journey. If you go back and look at the work of Joseph Campbell, you know, there's all these stages of the hero's journey, the, the away from the community and but every hero's journey has a guide, you know, somewhere along the hero or heroine meets a helper who otherwise they couldn't, you know, surpass the next challenge. And that's really what a, a, I'm, I look at myself as a love coach. I'm that guide for this person doing the heroic work of, you know, remembering who they are. I love that image. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. How how can people reach you, Corey? I want to make sure that is known during our show for clients to work with you in your practice. Oh, sure. Sure. Thank you. So I, my blog is www.corerelationship, all one word, C-O-R-E-Y relationship. I mean, C-O-R-E relationship, corerelationship.wordpress.com. And then, of course, lovecoachcorey at Gmail. And I found as well, tantracore.wordpress.com. You have some great articles 
Is that? Thank you. Um, yeah. That was my initial blog, and I kind of moved everything over. And but there's okay. actually probably twice as many articles on tantracore.wordpress. I just haven't, you know, moved them over. But they're both valid, and they both have all my correct um, contact info. Yeah. So a question I like to ask my guest is: is what is it that's important for you to leave? be known for a, a mission, you know, if you'd like to call it that for yourself, that is important for you to just leave and, and just like your deepest heart's desire to put out here. My deepest heart's desire in a global sense is that men wake up and respond to the call of the women who are leading the way. Uh, women are the ones that are mostly filling the personal growth workshops. They're mm-hmm. the ones mostly filling the yoga classes. They're the ones mostly filling the, or buying the self-help books. And they are kicking ass in yeah. business, and in marketing and in social media and all these areas that, you know, they're because of, you know, the more equality that's offered with education, with sports and, you know, in our culture, society, you know, the, what we're finding is that women are really good at everything. (laughs) So, (laughs) and so, (laughs) and so the men you know, should probably wake up to that fact and step up their own um, work so that they can meet their women or the women that want a man um, and and meet them and be their equal because uh, if they don't, we're going to be left in the dust and the women are going to be like, you know, we're going to create something like in the Wonder Woman movie and you guys, you know, I don't know what you're going to do, but... (laughs) Well, she left that island, so definitely you men <laughs> have an important place. Yeah, but I, I just see that the women are really taking the lead in personal growth and looking for that as a, as a um, I'm just saying, you know, talking in generalizations and that the bulk of the people that approach me and say, I want something deeper, I want I want the sacred, I want the spiritual to be melded into my sexuality and to be one and the same. They're women. The women, it's the women who contact me um, by and large. You know, when the men contact me, it's because they're having dysfunction, maybe sexually, or they're having trouble dating or figuring out navigating that whole thing. And so, um, but they're the minority um, who are reaching out, at least to me. So expanding so and wanting to, to help men to access. Yeah, so in my bigger time. dream, exactly, my bigger dream is to help more men uh, awaken and, and uh, match the women that are already doing it. And do you do remote sessions for people? Because I also live in New Orleans. And, and so just to offer your resource to my clients, do you do remote sessions sure. by phone, Skype and such? Yeah. So most of my coaching is done by phone or Zoom. Zoom awesome. is like a better version yeah. of Skype. Yes. Yeah. 
So you actually you don't look weird. You actually look more normal. And, <laughs> yes. Um, so, but I, I also do in person or um, in person work too. Corey, thank that, you for that's being here in that's here in LA. In LA, yes. Yeah. Thank you for being with us today. This has been really informative and interesting. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it, Lisa. You're talking about my favorite subject, so of course. <laughs> Mine as well. So thank you, and I just hope you have a great day, and I look forward to seeing you again. Sounds good, Lisa. Thank you. Awesome. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. I was just with Corey Folsom, lovecoachcorey at gmail.com, or his website at corerelationships.wordpress.com tantracore.wordpress.com. Thank you for listening today and join me next week for another show. Bye-bye. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir, only on LA Talk Radio.